Can Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden unite the Democratic Party? This is Mark Leibovich of the New York Times, Ann Arbor, Michigan. In what now feels like a faded postcard from an antiquated universe, Senator Bernie Sanders was wrapping up one of his last elbow-flailing rallies in front of a few thousand supporters at the University of Michigan. It was late on a Sunday afternoon in early March, a few days before the coronavirus would effectively shelter the 2020 presidential campaign in place with Mr. Sanders stuck in the runner-up position. Congratulations, Mark. This is what you and your corporate media crony friends have done. As it turned out, this would be among the last non-virtual campaign rallies of the 2020 primary season. Nearing the end of his speech, Mr. Sanders had to that point not once mentioned the name Joe Biden, a departure from his previous rallies in which he had drawn increasingly hard contrasts between himself and Mr. Biden, the former vice president and Democratic frontrunner. I can't believe I spent so many years reading the Times without seeing how slanted it was. To some, this shift could be taken as a signal that Mr. Sanders of Vermont was entering a less confrontational phase of his campaign. But that notion died abruptly. We're taking on many people in this campaign, not just Joe Biden, Mr. Sanders thundered. Boo! came the immediate response from the crowd. We're taking on the 60 billionaires who are funding his campaign, Mr. Sanders continued. We're taking on the Wall Street executives who are helping to fund his campaign. We're taking on the corporate establishment. We're taking on the political establishment. Oh, that it were so. But a decisive question remains unchanged and unresolved today, just as it did before the race was settled and the world stopped. Would the hesitation, or worse, of Mr. Sanders' voters to embrace Mr. Biden be enough to keep them from turning out for him in the fall? You think? For much of the primary race, the challenge of democratic unity had been treated as something that could be put off, or at the very least, as a nuisance that would resolve itself through shared aversion to Mr. Trump. But there had also been signs that the split between rank-and-file supporters of Mr. Sanders and any eventual nominee not named Bernie might be too wide to fully reconcile. By most indications, it would be a bigger challenge to motivate Mr. Sanders' supporters to join Mr. Biden than if Mr. Sanders had prevailed and he were attempting to win over Mr. Biden's voters. 60% of Sanders' voters said they had serious misgivings about Mr. Biden, according to the combined data from NBC and Wall Street Journal polls in January and February. Only 7% said they would be enthusiastic about supporting Mr. Biden. 31% would be comfortable with him. In contrast, 55% of Biden voters said they would be enthusiastic or comfortable supporting Mr. Sanders. We've told you all along that the only unity that can happen is behind Bernie. I think it's going to be a real, real problem, said Adam Gentleson, a progressive media strategist and former top aide to Mr. Reid. Everything we do moving forward should be done with the full awareness that bringing Bernie's people on board is the most important thing we have to do in the next few months. Dude, we've told you and told you and told you that we're not going to support a corporate sock puppet. No matter who. Being a Warren person, Mr. Gentleson said that sometimes he felt as if Mr. Sanders' supporters were angrier at other Democrats than they were at Republicans. It's definitely unsettling, he said, of some of the invective he would receive from Mr. Sanders' supporters. But the reality is, they are a major block. We need their energy. 
and we need their votes. Dude, this is pathetic. This is from the legitimate CAP. Instead of Center for American Progress, this is from Citizens Against Plutocracy. VP Biden is the least electable candidate. Let me just run very quickly down through these bullet points. One to two million Bernie or Bust voters who will vote Green, Socialist, or not vote at all. One and a quarter to one and a half million Sanders to Trump swing voters told pollsters throughout 2019 that they will plan to repeat that strategy this year. Obama to Trump voters are going to support Trump in that contest with Biden. It's an almost automatic choice for them. Millions of poor and poorly educated voters will not vote for a status quo candidate like Biden. Biden is putting together Hillary Clinton's losing coalition. Biden has told young people that he has no empathy for them. Biden has said he would veto Medicare for all, a litmus test for many progressive voters. The deepest nail in Biden's electability coffin may be his obvious cognitive decline. You can bet Honey Badger Trump won't hold back on Biden's dementia. There are already attack ads with Biden's dementia prominently featured. For more on this key topic about Biden's unelectability, see Stop Calling It a Stutter, Joe Biden Will Lose a General Election to Donald Trump, or the video tweet below. And I'll link to this whole webpage for you. Biden cannot plausibly offer change. He can only offer more of the same. And most Americans do not want more of the same. Chris Hedges. Here are some video examples of inappropriate touching of women and a credible allegation of sexual assault in 1993. Because of VP Biden's support for the Trans-Pacific Partnership, his muscular exercise of foreign policy, and his evident mental decline, a President Biden would arguably be more dangerous than four more years of Trump. Biden's insufficient and neoliberal approach to climate change will not aid human survival for any longer than a generation or two compared with Trump if human extinction ends up becoming one of the upshots of the runaway global warming that is underway. While Trump is doing worse on net favorability with young voters at minus 24, he actually has a higher percentage of young voters that rate him favorably. 33% of young voters have a favorable opinion of Donald Trump, while only 30% have a favorable opinion of Joe. Let me say that again. Less than a third of voters under 34 have a positive opinion of Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden. That is an absolute catastrophe for Joe and for the Democratic Party that's so proud of being the party of young people. And make no mistake about it, the sneering contempt that all of those people had for the Sanders movement will come back to haunt them, not only in this election cycle, but in the future, as they try to build a durable majority that depends very heavily on the votes of the young. Politico, a never Biden movement, vows not to vote for Joe. On Tuesday night, Joe Biden's campaign was celebrating his latest primary night triumph. By Wednesday morning, Never Biden, Write in Bernie, and Dem Exit 2020 hashtags began trending on Twitter. There's no question it's been a banner two weeks for Biden, but lurking in the background of his sudden ascension to all but presumptive nominee is evidence that at least some Bernie Sanders supporters might not migrate to him in November, weakening him in the general election. On The Young Turks, which draws millions of voters, Crystal Ball, the former MSNBC host, said she couldn't vote for Trump. But you can leave it blank, she said, referring to the November ballot. 
Ball said she is an undecided voter because if they always can say, look, you've got to vote for us no matter what, you've got no other choice, then they're always going to treat us like this. Here's an article from Reader Supported News that you should read later. I'll just show you it now so you can come back to it. I'll start by saying that this letter is signed by Alliance for Youth Action, If Not Now Movement, Justice Democrats, March for Our Lives Action Fund, Next Gen America, Student Action, Sunrise Movement, and United We Dream Action. The letter is called, Dear Joe Biden, here is how you can earn our support, and it has a list of demands that Joe would need to meet in order for the lefties to come over to his side. While you are now the presumptive Democratic nominee, it is clear that you were unable to win the votes of the vast majority of voters under 45 years old. The messaging around a return to normalcy does not and has not earned the support and trust of voters from our generation. The views of younger Americans are the result of a series of crises that took hold when we came of political age and flow from bad decisions made by those in power from both major parties. And let me tell you, young leaders, it's a mistake to assume that Joe is even capable of changing anything from these last 40 years. We grew up with endless wars, skyrocketing inequality, crushing student loan debt, mass deportations, police murders of black Americans, and mass incarceration, schools which have become killing fields, and knowing that the political leaders of today are choking the planet, we will live on long after they are gone. We've spent our whole lives witnessing our political leaders prioritize the voices of wealthy lobbyists and big corporations over our needs. From this hardship, we've powered a resurgence of social movements demanding fundamental change. Why would we want a return to normalcy? We need a vision for the future, not a return to the past. The demands include climate change, gun violence prevention, immigration, healthcare, criminalization, education, wealth tax, foreign policy, democracy, personnel and future administration demands, and on. So please give this a read when you get a chance. The topic of the next clip will be trending on social media. No possibility of unity behind Biden. Trump is a foregone conclusion.